Welcome to Miracle Nutrition with Hardy White. I'm Hardy White. Join me for a full hour where this week, in which this week, uh, I play you my records. That's right. It's Hardy's Record Collection, Volume 2. Is it Part 2 or Volume 2? Volume 2. All right. That's a sound bombing 2 quote. Can anybody get that? Joe? Ah, I love y'all. so glad to be with you. Hello, friends, and welcome to Hardy White's Record Collection. Every so often, I like to play some vinyl records. What other kind are they? Well, I have some that are copper. I have one that was put together to send into space, and I took it. So uh, I don't know what's up there. I think I'd put another album. That, I think I put Eagle's Desperado up there. It was a flimsy copy. And uh, kept the kept the real space one. But most of these are vinyl, and they are records, both 45s and 33 and a thirds. And I am playing them for my record collection now. Some of them are what they call novelty records. What's a novelty record? Well, if you go to the grocery store and you go to the ice cream section, it'll say novelty, and there's novelty ice creams. Those are things like ice cream sandwiches, ice pick, chocolate pick. <clears throat> That's the music equivalent then. So I have things like albums of prisoners talking to high school kids saying, don't do crime. Things like that. Comedians singing. Mm. And uh, all sorts of stuff like that. Then I have some really nice music that maybe a lot of people don't have. So I've combined them. So that was a, a little something from, from uh, Jack Cruz that says who was actually a monkey. And he was singing uh, 
True Love's Flame from the David Lynch short film. I think it's called What Jack Knew, and that's a 2020. How about that? And I got the record, and it's on clear, clear vinyl, or it could be glass, or it could be, I don't know what it is. It might be the, the lens of a whale, a whale's eye. So we used to make records out of that. Now, this next album I have is uh, uh, very interesting. It is not music. It's spoken word. And um, it sounds like, oh, someone recorded Grandpa on his uh, deathbed. But it isn't. It's just Terry Funk a few years ago. We just lost Terry. But this is from his album, Tougher Than Shoe Leather, which is just uh, him uh, telling they're not quite stories. If only they were stories, maybe. But he's saying things, and uh, and then they made a record out of it. You married your high school sweetheart you met in 1956, and, and somehow you're still with her? What do you mean somehow I'm still with her? I mean, I mean it's, it's a rarity, especially in the wrestling world. To, to It is, and I'll tell you what, as I just... She's the best thing that ever happened to me, and uh, just the most wonderful person that I've ever been around. She's a good one, and I uh, love her very much, and put up with a lot of crap, too, that I've given her. Does she ever go on the road with you? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I can remember one time... We went to Tennessee, and we were uh, in some small town that had a uh, coal mine industry up there, and the coal miners were there, and it was uh, trying to think of who it was that I was wrestling at the time. Anyhow, is. I was wrestling him at that time, and I went ahead and left the ring and fought my way back to the dressing room. And from the dressing room, uh, Fuller, wrestling Ron Fuller, mm-hmm. fought my way back to the dressing room after the match was over, through the people, went ahead and left, and my wife was with me. She met me back out in the car, and I uh, got in the car, and took off after the match was over with. Didn't even take a shower because people were very upset. And uh, this one car followed us. And uh, they kept on following us. And uh, they had uh, pulled up alongside of us and they had a shotgun. Jeez. And uh, when I had Vicky was in the car and Right in and there is, uh, she did an amazing job of trying to uh, uh, climb under the front seat. (laughs) 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 But anyhow, we outran them. We outran them, but they were nuts. And they had a double barrel shotgun sticking out the window. Wow. That was okay. (laughs) I like to stuck it up there. My goodness, there! Don't do that. Uh, don't do that. Save it for the ring. And that was uh, Terry Funk talking about 
I think he was supposed to be talking about his wife, but then it, it shifted to a story about a shotgun. Now, a lot of people, when they collect novelty records, might collect things that are unintentionally bad. You know, though this, is, this was done without any self-awareness. And, uh, oh my goodness, listen to this celebrity singing. But this next album is the second album of uh, Mrs. Miller. And she was an interesting pop culture figure. Uh, she was a regular audience member on the Merv Griffin show. And it was discovered that she, she sang in this horrible kind of uh, quavery operatic voice. And so she became sort of a comic figure and made some albums singing in this, in this horrible voice. But they were made to be funny. Nobody was taking her seriously. And the first, her first album, the liner notes are by the announcer on Laugh-In. So uh, th this was a cut made to be bad. But then uh, it's, I find it especially bad because, not because of the singing, but because of the arrangement. So I, I, please, here's, this is Mrs. Miller from her second album, doing a yellow submarine goodness they're drowning in a sea of foley that's a lot of sound effects and i i heard voice isn't that bad i wish they had done some acapella stuff that'd be interesting i'd like to hear it without any accompaniment i bet it's uh i don't know you know it's a 
I don't think she's the weak link. I'm just going to say it. Now, this next cut is off an album by Evil Knievel, the fellow that used to jump over things in the 70s on a motorcycle on your television in Las Vegas at risk to his, I can't think any more prepositions, but he did that. And he would dress in this kind of red, white, and blue costume. And he was uh, uh, quite a celebrity. And I believe I even mentioned his name on last week's show. I know the punchline is, um, hey, Kelly, it's evil. So, but this isn't, he didn't sound like that. That was my voice. But you'll hear what he sounds like because I'm going to play a cut from his album. Now, this is my favorite cut because it's not just him talking or anything. It's He's reading a poem that he wrote. And if you think that, if you didn't know that Evil Knievel was a poet, you were, you were on the right track. You were so close. He isn't. But he has written a, a poem, which anyone can do. And he's proven that. And he's done that. And it isn't a bad poem. It's the worst one ever, probably. I don't know. No, bless his heart. It's, it's, uh, it's um, I'm not a critic. He's gone, right? He did pass away. Okay. Oh, boy. You know, it's a stinker. Now, this was not supposed to be bad. So I'm just letting you know. That's really important to know motivation when you listen to stuff. Because was that recorded? Was that supposed to be a joke? Yes, Andy Kaufman's doing a bit when he does Foreign Man. I wrote this poem, and I wrote it in a matter of an hour or two hours, just before it got daylight, it was done. And I think that it answers the question for every man and woman on the face of this earth at the end of it, why you do what you do and why I do what I do in life. And uh, it's a very simple thing. And the poem uh, goes like this, I'll do it for you. It, Seems that everywhere in this world I go, no matter who or what I know, the people, they look, and most of them stare, and I wonder if they really care. You see this cane with its golden crown? Some of them smile, but most of them frown. I hear them laugh, and I see them cry, no matter what, they all ask, why? Why? Well, I'm just like you, and you, and you, and your wife. We all have a special purpose in life. And my way of life, I'm glad that I found, for like you, I too make the world go round. We're all alike. Oh, yes, we are. We all have a dream on some faraway star. For me, when it's over and done at the end of a day, my men go to relax, but I go to pray. For I know that tomorrow, in some other place, I'll have that jump again to face. Each time I was hurt, they all said, that guy is lucky that he's not dead. And they were right. But I wanted to get up, to try it again. I kept telling myself that I knew I could win. So I'd close my eyes, and to the Lord I would pray. 
Oh, help me, God. Let me walk someday. And he did. And every stitch on every scar has just brought me closer to my dream afar. To be a man and to do my best, to stand alone is my only quest. Success is a term that has broad use. For you and I to have none in life, there's no excuse. For you to do what I do is not right. But for me, it's not wrong. What I've been trying to tell you all along is that it's got to be. So, if you wonder why, the answer to that is that just like you, I've got to be me. What do you get when you cross Burt Reynolds and Bobby Goldsboro? Hmm. I don't know. I, would, I, I wouldn't want to cross either one of them. But they did a collaboration. And they did an album for Burt. And he sang on it. Burt sang. So this isn't just, uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's kind of singing. I don't know. But, you know, celebrities always want to make albums. They say, hey, I've done some acting. I did this. And I worked in a store. I think I could do music. And so they get together with some producers. And, and this is what happened to Bert. Because I don't remember music being a huge part of his life. At FSU, it was mostly football. So I'm going to play football with Bobby Bowden. And he would just play didn't play on the team. He would just get together with Bobby Bowden and play. And they'd play in the backyard. And he'd go, you're doing great, Bert. And uh, we want to make an album. Sure, I'd love to, says he. And then he does. And uh, this is what came out. And Bobby Goldsboro wrote him a, a, I don't know if he wrote it for him, but it sure sounds like it. It sure sounds like Bobby wrote it just for him. And Bobby's playing guitar on this. Uh, everybody has a crush on him. I think there's probably people had crushes on both of them. So I probably had crushes on each other, I imagine. They'd have to be somehow deluded to be able to follow through with this thing that you're about to hear. Flying kites and pillow fights Lay me down to sleep nights Lions and apes Towel capes Captain Marvel flying Skipping rocks Building blocks And Joe Palooka fighting Kicking cans Kool-Aid stands <laughs> Lots of fish for biting Marble sex Jumping jacks Treasures in stocking Raccoon tails 
cowboy jeans and make like keys flocking. Butter churns and windmill turns and mama's morning laughter. Running free, my dog and me, <laughs> and dragons running after. Climbing trees, skin up knees, a broomstick horse for riding. Bales of hay to hide and play, and a hound for set beside me. Bear traps laid, slingshots made from grandma's worn-out girdles. Popgun soldiers on the prowl for grizzly bears and turtles. Beds of grain, sheets of rain, hold tight nights of thunder. Howls at hoop and flash the room, and heroes gone asunder. Nightmare fears and grandma's tears and gingerbread to bake me. Where was I when childhood died and manhood came to take me? And manhood came to take me. And it took him. Oh, my goodness, Bert. Got a little tear in my eye there. He's, uh, boy, things were different back there in 1949. Now, this, uh, this next cut is another celebrity, and he is going to be talk singing. And his name is Milton Berle. And uh, I got this album uh, about 20 years ago in Santa Monica. I was in a record store, and it just jumped right out at me. I said, oh my gosh, I got this one, and I got a Larry Storch album, which I gave away as a gift. But um, I was very excited to return home to my small town. I go, guess what I got in the big city? What is it? It's a album by Milton Berle. That's Mr. Television. And all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yes, this is him, and it's called uh, Songs My Mother Insisted on Liking or something like that. As long as I live, I will never forget the songs my mother loved. Though she is gone, I remember them yet. The songs my mother loved. Each night, when the family chores were all through, we'd gather around her and sing. 
storm could befall us, for somehow we knew how safe we were under her wing. pray at the end of each day an angel sings from above the songs my mother loved Some things don't mean to be funny and are funny. Some things mean to be not funny and aren't funny. Some things mean to be funny and aren't for various reasons. And the following is one of those. A regular on the Jackie Gleason show, Frank Fontaine was widely known for his character, Crazy Guggenheim. Named after that museum, which is also... What a crazy museum. Every time I go in there, I go, this Guggenheim's crazy. I think that was his name. But anyway, so he did that voice. And it's uh, the Barney on um, Simpsons is a little bit Frank Fontaine. So uh, he was his favorite character, kind of played this drunk and kind of talked with his mouth crooked and his eyes crossed. And he put out some albums to capitalize on his popularity on the Jackie Gleason show. This one is him doing some characters, and, and but what I'm guessing is that people go, man, you're just like Red Skelton. You could do like a Red Skelton thing. And so here he is uh, doing a bit, I guess in front of audience, and I'm, I don't think this is an exaggeration. This is going to be probably the weirdest thing you've ever heard as far as, like you're going to think, this is like Neil Hamburger or something. This isn't real. This is a, well, that's real, but you know what I mean? This is not a, this is, oh, I can't describe it. Stop describing it and play it. A very strange thing. It doesn't whistle anymore. It stopped whistling the day I took it out of the cage. Missed its friends so bad. 
That's why I take it with me every now and then. <laughs> well, sir, you certainly go various distances to find these rocks, I imagine. We up to Alaska. Oh, yes, yes. I take eight, nine, ten, twelve, fifteen months out looking for these various rocks. I'll forget when I get back from Alaska, I checked into the wall up in New York. <laughs> I had a little trouble with the bellboys. <laughs> I was carrying 247,000 rocks, and I was loaded with rocks. I'll never forget it. Yes, sir, they were all over the room. Chambermaid said she never saw so many rocks in one room in her life. <laughs> But you know, when you're alone in a big city, there's nothing like rocks. Did you ever think of what you can make out of rocks? Tables, chairs, even buildings. And kids. Kids dig rocks. Someday I want to give my collection to kids. Yes, sir. 447,000 rocks I'll have by that time. And I'm going to give them to kids. And they can sit around and look at them. Yeah, rocks are for kids. Every day I get letters from people in the window business asking me to give my collection to kids. And that's what I'm going to do. So if you don't want any good, strong kids, send them to me, will you please? Because uh, right now I've got thousands of rocks. And they'll be good for some big, strong kid. Frump's the name. Fred Frump. I'm in that little White House right up there in Main Street. I'm walking Falls, Ohio, right across from the greenhouse. Well, sir, this has been very enlightening. All I can say, sir, is that I'm, I'm just, just thrilled to have had you on our Coast to Coast broadcast. Ladies and gentlemen, right here at the Flower Show, you've been listening to one of the most amazing interviews that I have ever had. A gentleman who certainly has educated us in many ways. Uh, do you mind if I say something? No, no, what is it? I don't know anything about rock. <laughs> what? Oh. I don't know anything about rocks. <laughs> Do you feel slightly traumatized? Oh my word, that is still the most bizarre, one of the most bizarre things I've ever heard. I don't know if that's your first time hearing it or what. It's WFMU, I'm sure they play it. Every other cut is that, probably. But it's the first time I've played it. Oh my goodness. Now coming up, I've got a little bit of snippet from a, 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 a scared, it's, it's called Scared Straight. It's called, uh, what's the program? It's a uh, Prisoners. Talking to Operation, it's uh, Operation Wise Up, which is, I think is the, uh, a religious group. They get uh, prisoners, they convert them, and then they get them to talk to kids and say, uh, don't, don't murder or something like that. And then I have a, a legitimate uh, favorite song. See, some of these things are going to be things I really like. 
and I have an album that I adore called Keep On Coming Through the Door, and it's a compilation of Jamaican DJ music from 69 to 73, and uh, it's on Trojan. It came out in the 80s, I believe, probably late 80s, and this cut is called uh, After the Prisoners is going to be To the Fields uh, by Herman. Herman Chin Loy, 1971. So that's a fun one, and um, I believe it's a African beat is the the uh, cut that's been incorporated into it. So um, I played that on the on the show too. How did each of you get involved in your crime? The way I got involved in my crime was I like to drink liquor a lot, and I couldn't seem to make enough money to support my habit. So I had to figure a way to make some money. So I started writing checks. I got by with it for a while, but I, I tell you, it doesn't pay. I have to go back over my life history because I've been in and out of reformatories all my life. Uh, I couldn't specifically point out one thing that uh, led me, probably uh, being anti-Christ uh, or anti-establishment. Uh, there's not one thing that it's a lot of things, you know, coming together, fused together that caused me to do what I did. Tammy Faye Baker uh, left Jim Baker because he had an affair with, uh, I'll forget, somebody, Jessica Hahn or something. I'm going to lose on it if we do like 80s trivia. But in, uh, in about 86, after that happened, so it was the early 80s, she put out an album called Enough is Enough. She'd had it. And um, it pictures, a, it's a sassy uh, Tammy Faye, she's just Tammy Faye now. Um, Drop the Baker, and uh, and now she's she's just Tammy, and she's standing there and she's looking sassy. She's holding a paintbrush. Her her heeled shoe is uh, perched on a paint bucket. She has a 
gigantic, comically large Kangle cap on. Her eyes are mascaraed to uh, just absolute kabuki levels. And she seems to be wearing some sort of, of, uh, of medallion, some kind of military award on her blouse. So this cut is uh, one we all know called uh, Lean On Me. You know, Lean On Me. And she's doing it as a duet with her daughter, who I think can actually sing. Tammy cannot. But uh, I just thought, hey, this, uh, I like the sentiment. Lean on me. Lean on old Hardy. And lean on, don't lean on Tammy anymore because she passed away. You can lean on her, on her gravestone, though, and she wouldn't mind, I don't think. someone to lean on and you know everyone does need someone to lean on a friend to help us in the time of trouble or a friend to help when we're in need sometimes our friends are busy but you know what I've got a good solution because I know someone who's never too busy and you can lean on him at any time 
you can always lean on Jesus. I'm terrible. I'd, I was a. <clears throat> I should have been in the studio with him. I could have been helpful. That was uh, Tammy Faye, and and what's her daughter's name? Tammy Foo. Tammy Sue. So close. Tammy Faye and Tammy Foo. Tammy Sue again. But be Tammy Foo would be better. That's a great band name. Go ahead, take it. I give them away the band names, but Tammy Foo uh, would be good. And it's the ones that you can't guess the origin of are the best band names. Ones you go, oh, I know, that's from so-and-so. The lamest ones are like, oh, yeah, that was a record in Clockwork Orange or something. <laughs> so I'm sorry that somebody from Heaven 17 is listening going. <laughs> so uh, the next thing coming up is, a, is a, a song I like by a band I like. So that's, this is different. And the reason I included this is because I don't figure a lot of people have this album. So my next two songs are, are pretty much just uh, songs that are good that you may not have heard. So how about that? I don't get to do that often. So that's exciting. Sit down, watch the show. 
That was Dracula, if you didn't, couldn't figure that out, by the Marbles. And that is about 1996, maybe. On uh, the label is HHBTM Records. And before that, we heard Big Fresh's The Cosmos Song. Oh, I feel like an actual DJ. Oh, my goodness. I've been on the radio since I was nine years old or something, and it's the first time I've back announced songs. It's fantastic. This is a whole new world. I didn't know you could play music on the radio. I guess that is something you could use the radio for, is music. I never even know it on me. But those two records I love, I, might, I don't know if I'm the only one with some of them. I'm sure you have these. But uh, it helps to, how I get them is you can, I take them from the homes of the people who made them. That's how I got those, as those were liberated. Um, or I hope they were given to me. But I could have just said, like, oh, I love this, and kind of walked off with it. Uh, may or may not be true. It was back last October, I believe it was. We was going to hold a tent service off at this college town. And we got there about dinner time on Saturday. And uh, different ones of us thought that we ought to get us a mouthful to eat before that we set up the tent. And so we got off of the truck and followed this little bunch of people through this small little bitty patch of woods there. And we come up on a big sign. It says, get something to eat here. And uh, I went up and got me two hot dogs and a big orange drink. And before that I could take every mouthful of that food, this whole raft of people come up around me and got me to where I couldn't eat nothing, up like, and I dropped my big orange drink. I did. Well, friends, they come in to move, and they want so much that I could do but move with them. Well, we come in to go through all kinds of doors and gates, and I don't know what all, and I looked up over one of them, and it says North Gate. And we kept on going through there, and pretty soon we come up on a young boy. And he says, ticket, please. And I says, friend, I don't have a ticket. I don't even know where it is that I'm going. <laughs> I did. Well, he says, come out as quick as you can. <laughs> and I says, I'll do her. I'll turn right around the first chance I get. <laughs> well, we kept on moving through there, and pretty soon everybody got where it was that they was a-going because they parted and I could see pretty good. I, I could. And what I seen was this whole raft of people a setting on these two banks and a looking at one another across this pretty little green cow pasture. <laughs> well, they was. And somebody had tucked and drawed white lines all over it and drove posties in it and I don't know what all. And I looked down there and I seen five or six convicts a running up and down and a blowing whistles. They was. And then I looked down there and I seen these pretty girls a wearing these little bitty short dresses and a dancing around. And so I sat down and thought I'd see what it was that was gonna happen. I did. And about the time I got set down good, I looked down there and I seen 30 or 40 men come running out of one end of a great big outhouse down there. <laughs> they did. And everybody where I was a setting got up and hollered. And about that time, 30 or 40 come running out of the other end of that outhouse and the other bank full, they got up and hollered. And I asked this fellow that was besetting beside of me, I says, friend, what is it that they're hollering for? 
Well, he whopped me on the back and he says, buddy, have a drink. <laughs> well, I says, I believe I will have another big orange. <laughs> and I got it and sat back down. And when I got down there again, I seen that them men had got in two little bitty bunches down there. They had rail close together and they voted. <laughs> they did. They voted and elected one man apiece. And them two men come out in the middle of that cow pasture and shook hands like they hadn't seen one another in a long time. And then a convict come over to where they was a standing and he took out a quarter and they come in to odd man right there. <laughs> they did. Well, after a while, I seen what it was that there's odd man in fault. It was that both bunches full of them men wanted this funny-looking little pumpkin to play with. <laughs> they did, and I know, friends, that they couldn't eat it because they kicked it the whole evening and it never busted. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, what I was telling was that both bunches full wanted that thing, and one bunch got it, and it made the other bunch just as mad as they could be. And friends, I seen that evening the awfulest fight that I have ever seen in my life. I did. They would run at one another and kick one another and throw one another down and stomp on one another and grind their feet in one another and I don't know what all. And just as fast as one of them would get hurt, they'd tote him off and run another note. Well, they'd done that as long as I sat there. But pretty soon, this boy that had said, ticket, please, he come up to me and he says, friends, you're going to have to leave because it is that you don't have a ticket. And I says, well, all right. And I got up and left. And I don't know, friends, to this day what it was that there's a doing down there, but I have studied about it. And I think that it's some kindly of a contest where they see which bunch full of them men can take that pumpkin and run from one end of that cow pasture to the other without either getting knocked down or stepping in something. <laughs> Oh my goodness, I made, I made you listen to all of Andy Griffith's What It Was Was Football. And that's one of those things you can't, you want to go, man, did I hate that or did I like it? And uh, that was right, because this, I guess that's, I guess that's funny. There's some other stuff on the album that, that isn't, but I have a lot of stuff like that. My, my goodness. And maybe those people are a little before your time. I wonder what the equivalent is. Well, you know, here's the thing, though. When I was young, I remember listening to Rudy Valley, And uh, we'd have, my time is your time. And then this thing. He's one of the only, first and only celebrities I ever saw in real life was like in the same room. Someone said, that's Rudy Valley, And it was years later, you know, that I was able to actually properly look him up. And they go, wow, I was right there. I was in the same, I, I hate to name drop, but I'm a pretty influential, important person. And that, I was in the same room as Rudy Valley and Mickey Dolenz were there together because they both represented like teen idols of their time. 
You don't think that, but that's true. Now, just because Mickey Dolenz didn't use a, uh, I, uh, what do you call it? Uh, not a megaphone. What do you call those? A phone. A phone. Uh, thing of phone. I don't know what they call them. Now I'm thinking, ah, it's, that's going to bug me. And you're going to put it in the comments, and I'll never read it. Because, you know, sometimes I like to, it isn't like I like to wallow in my ignorance, but I do like to keep it some mystery. I like things to, some things to be just outside my grasp, which is why I was very disappointed in the internet. Because I loved some things to be unknown. Where'd that record come from? We'll never know. Now that you can Google something, because that's the other, it really doesn't, then I just think I know about it. You know, I can look into that thing. See, a lot of these records I play, I would like, where did this come from? Who is this? What is, now you can figure things out. And then you think you know. But the, I'm telling you that, well, you like ignorance? It isn't that. It isn't that. You're actually no less ignorant knowing that additional fact because there's not like there's a finite amount of facts either. Infinite. There's lots of ways to, to know. And so... There you have it. And those are just some of my records. I've played others before. And maybe you have some, now that you've heard those, you have some requests like, don't ever do that again. Or, you know, I like it when you do other stuff, inspirational and skits and fake things from my youth. Oh, you like that? Yes. Okay, I'll do that. I wish I got, I probably should do, there should be a request form. And you should request things, try to request things that do not exist yet. Because it's like, oh, play a Led Zeppelin song. That's dumb, because that already happened. You know, what you should say is like, play a song, and then make something up, and uh, that has to be made, a more something more bespoke. And that's what I like to do. I like to make things to customize them for you. So rarely do I just play music like this is very rare. It's one of three, I think, music shows I've done that are just me, like, DJing. But i got to get it out of my system because it's fun. It really is fun. And I can't, I try it nowadays to corner people, come over to your house, and go, I'm playing some records. But it's almost impossible to force somebody to listen to a comedy record these days. And I have, like, my Red Fox collection is impressive. I mean, it goes way back, right? And you say, well, that's, just, that's crazy. Look how old that... But who's going to listen to them? I'm starting to think that. And, and who's going to, who wants them when I'm gone? I think there's going to just be whole, like a whole truckload of stuff is going to be delivered to, to WFMU. And they'll be like, we have this, we have this, we have this, we have this. So I don't even know. But, but if they don't, it'll be great. You know, it's like, oh, okay. We don't have this. And we don't have, this one has Hardy's blood on it. So we don't have one of those. So it'll be like, oh, it's whipped cream and other delights. But look, it's smeared with blood. And uh, it could be Hardy's. Terry Funk should have done that. There should have been something in it with his blood on it. Like smeared with it. The cover, it looks like the actual, <laughs> the vinyl is white with blood splatters, which is kind of neat. So I think that he almost did that. But that would be the real thing would be even better. So, um, gosh, Rip Terry Funk. And thank you so much. I can't believe you listened to this music. Oh, I'm so blessed. Thank you. It's like we spend a little afternoon together and uh, listening to my records. 
and you hear my, I had the needle thing was all, never mind. There was a problem with the record player and some of you audiophiles detected it and uh, I did not as I was doing it. So I apologize for the quality. But uh, bless you so much for listening. This is Miracle Nutrition with Hardy White on WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope 91.9 in Rockland County in New York City, New York and worldwide online at WFMU.org. Freeform Radio, the way it detains a bonanza. Thank you so much for joining me, and I will see you again next week.
baby. 